as Dom said, uh, we're, we're looking at Psalm 23. We've been working through uh, this uh, verse by verse, uh, week by week, uh, and we're now on uh, verse three. So I'm going to read uh, the psalm from verse one uh, to verse three. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So we're looking uh, this morning at uh, verse three. It says, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I wonder uh, what uh, these words, uh, what image these words conjure up for you. Um, he restores my soul. I wonder if you've uh, ever done something or been somewhere or been with someone that has just had that effect on you where you feel like your soul is just lifted. Um, sometimes it's just from being outside uh, yesterday, despite the awful weather, we went to uh, the woods with the kids and it was just a time that was just so full of uh, joy. We just felt our, our souls lift despite the, uh, the kind of the pouring rain. Um, we had we had a lot of fun together as a family. Um, I want this morning uh, to uh, think about uh, this verse, and uh, just we just have just a few words uh, here to to focus on. Uh, so I want to think about what uh, two of those words particularly uh, mean in a biblical way: uh, soul uh, and uh, restore. So I'm just going to I just want to pray again uh, that, that God would uh, would come as we as we, we look at these these words in this verse. Lord, I thank you for the beauty of your word. Thank you particularly for the beauty of this psalm. And uh, Lord, we just ask that you would uh, bring it to life for us uh, today. I pray that the familiarity of these words, we would be uh, filled with awe once again and that our souls would be lifted uh, as your Holy Spirit touches them. I pray that you'd help us to uh, understand and hear clearly what you have for us this morning. Amen. So um, two words. Uh, first of all, soul. Um, what is uh, your soul? How do we understand that uh, from the Bible? We tend to think of uh, your soul as something that's hidden away, like your deep emotional core, the thing that makes you uh, who you are. Uh, we talk about uh, someone being uh, the life and soul or the heart and soul of a party. But actually, uh, the first time we see it in the Bible, um, we don't see the word soul in English at all. Um, it's when uh, God makes Adam out of the dust of the ground uh, and he breathes into uh, that dust, into Adam's body. Um, and God's breath is what makes uh, Adam alive. We still have that uh, thinking uh, uh, today. We say uh, when somebody dies, when their breath is gone, uh, we say that their soul, that kind of animating life from God, uh, has departed. So uh, we see uh, the, 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 uh, the, the words uh, that we uh, have here in this psalm, soul, get, get translated as uh, living uh, or a spirit or a soul for this reason. Uh, so another way uh, that you could phrase the first little bit of this uh, verse three uh, is uh, God um, makes us truly alive. 
So the second word uh, is restore. Um, I felt that God really spoke to me uh, when I started uh, to look into this. Uh, I'd never noticed before, but um, in English, we actually have two slightly different uh, ways that we can use uh, the word restore. Um, uh, the first one, um, very often we can think of uh, restoring being something that happens, for example, when we go on holiday. Uh, holidays are really important uh, to me and Helen. They're times when we can uh, step back from the normal run of life and uh, have that uh, time to recuperate, to rest, uh, to get energy again, to uh, reconnect with each other and with God. And uh, it's almost like uh, if you see the, uh, the normal run of your life, you, you, you kind of get tired and you come away from it. And the, the restoration that you need from that holiday just brings you back on track. When you look at the biblical definition of uh, restore, as it's used in this psalm, it means something quite different. Um, it means to turn around, to reverse direction or even to rescue so as I was thinking about that use, how we use the word in that way, uh, I, it came to mind, uh, I, remind, I was reminded of the time that we, uh, when we bought our first house in Hatfield, um, and uh, we went round it, the estate agent showed us around, we thought, yeah, this is really nice, there are a few things that need, you know, sorting out, but it's, it's generally all right. Um, and then when we actually moved in, uh, we discovered uh, that there was a whole lot more that needed doing. The, uh, the direction of property, uh, if you don't do anything to it, um, is towards uh, chaos and disrepair and dilapidation. Uh, and uh, the first thing that we had identified that we wanted to do in this house uh, was to replace the boiler. It was, uh, we found a receipt for it actually when we did it, it was from 1972, uh, it had been installed. So definitely needed doing. Uh, and the plumber that came in to do it took the floorboards up uh, and he discovered just in the dining room alone, he discovered uh, two pumps that were supposed to uh, pump the water around the radiators. Uh, in the house and uh, they had been plumbed and wired in so that they pumped in opposite directions against each other. Uh, he also discovered uh, six gas leaks in the same room. Uh, we were uh, very grateful that he found all of this stuff uh, and uh, fixed it for us. The Bible makes it very clear that our natural uh, direction uh, without God uh, is towards uh, chaos uh, towards um, like that house uh, towards uh, dilapidation and disrepair things uh, just uh, going wrong and we can put a veneer on the surface and make it look very good for an estate agent's brochure but the reality is that under the surface under the floorboards uh, things can be going really quite badly wrong and we need God to reach in and to do that restoration so this verse uh, says he restores my soul. But the thing is, nobody's soul is isolated. We don't live just us and God and that's it. Uh, the pandemic, if it's taught us one thing very clearly, uh, is that we are made to live in community. We're made to live in relationship uh, with other people. How is it possible that my soul can be completely at peace and it will be well with me if things are not well uh, with you. 
this is uh, something that uh, my a, a good friend of mine from university experienced very acutely when he became a Christian. Um, he uh, was just amazed at what God had done in his life. God had done that restoration. He completely turned his life around and uh, changed it. And he went around telling everybody about what God had done. But he went home to tell his family. Um, they just didn't get it. Um, they were... Um, just not persuaded by uh, his arguments. Uh, he was trying to find the right, uh, the right words to just help them to, the, the penny to drop for them. Um, and he found that so hard. Um, we were created uh, for empathy, to feel the emotions of others, to care for others deeply, uh, practically, emotionally and spiritually. And uh, my friend just really felt found this uh, so hard, uh, but it was a, a thing where he just had to trust God that God uh, would break in and uh, do things in his time. So we are made, our, our, our souls are not individual. They are also, they're linked. Uh, we, we find ourselves impacted by others. Um, going to an even bigger picture of from our own relationships to communities and even nations we've heard the phrase quite used quite a lot recently in the US by Kamala Harris and Joe Biden talking about restoring the soul of a nation and we find soul used community communally like this in the Bible too and we've, we live waiting, eager and ready for God uh, to lead us in paths of righteousness, not just for ourselves, um, not just for our friends and family, uh, but for the transformation of whole communities and nations. That's why uh, the church exists. So Dom uh, last week uh, links uh, this psalm uh, with John chapter 10 uh, and with Jesus. Jesus in John chapter 10 uh, talks about being uh, the good shepherd. Just a, a few chapters later in John 12, uh, Jesus finds himself at a high point in his, uh, in his ministry and what he's doing. Um, people around him uh, are talking about uh, the restoration of Israel, um, of their nation uh, is from oppression by the Romans. Perhaps Jesus will be uh, the one that can remove the occupation and bring the promises about uh, what Israel would one day be uh, into reality. This would be uh, the moment when uh, the soul of Israel is restored. And uh, they're so excited that uh, they bring Jesus into the capital city, uh, proclaiming uh, him as uh, king, uh, cheering him, uh, shouting Hosanna. Uh, by this point, he's done many miracles, uh, restoring life to those around him, bringing light uh, to the words of God in scripture, uh, healing many and even bringing a close friend of his, Lazarus, back from the dead. If you want to know what restoring of souls really looks like, um, just reading these few chapters is amazing uh, to uh, show how Jesus uh, did that. Into that situation, uh, Jesus uh, speaks to some visitors who'd come uh, to Jerusalem, to, who'd come to this capital city, um, and they, they were visiting from Greece. And... Uh, they were outsiders to this kind of nationalistic fervour um, and he shares with them a picture. 
Uh, it's a picture from uh, from agriculture. It's a picture uh, from farming that they would have been familiar with. And uh, he says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He goes on to say, whoever loves his life will lose it and whoever hates it will gain eternal life. Jesus is making it really clear here that he's not just, uh, that he is going to go on to die. Uh, he did um, die on the cross, but not just for his friends, not just for his countrymen, not just for Israel, but for those who are outside, like these visitors who were just looking in on what was going on. The promise is for them too, that their souls uh, would be restored. And now we wait for his return when all things, all life will be restored and decay, death and evil will be no more. But until then, he leads us in paths of righteousness to depend on God the Father, breathing his life into us as we lay down our best plans, our best ideas, even our very lives to follow our shepherd. So as I, as I round off here, I just want to uh, challenge you to ask you, where are you at uh, with this? Maybe you've never heard uh, anything quite like this before. Uh, you've never heard about or thought about uh, your soul in this way. This, is, this can be uh, your moment uh, to ask God to restore your soul. It is for you. This, these promises are for you. Jesus makes it very clear uh, that there are no exceptions. He died for you in your situation. If that's you, maybe you're watching on the YouTube uh, recording of this. Uh, at the end of the video, there'll be uh, some contact details. You'll be able to get in touch with us. And we'd love to hear from you uh, if that's uh, your, uh, the position that you're in. Maybe uh, you're... Uh, when I was speaking about our house, our first house, um, you identify a bit with that. You feel like your life um, is like a house that can look really good to visitors, that everything on the surface looks uh, sorted and okay. But you know that under the floorboards that you're hiding, there are things uh, that are inconsistent, like those pumps pumping in opposite directions. And it's exhausting because it's really hard to have that inconsistency in your life. And you can be afraid to uh, let God take up the floorboards and have a look at it. You don't want to go there. And as for everything that I said about uh, following Jesus uh, and this, this picture of following him into uh, his death and his resurrection, the, the idea that uh, as Christians, we fall to the ground and we die to ourselves so that we might be raised up and there might be fruit. Sounds absolutely terrifying. But I want to reassure you that the breath of God is what will, will uh, bring you life. The alternative of keeping going in the same way is absolutely exhausting. So right now, um, just 
if you're feeling uh, the Holy Spirit speaking to you, uh, I want you to pick up your phone and uh, think of somebody uh, that you trust. Um, if you're part uh, of the church here, then um, we have a, a great uh, leadership team. Um, text somebody from that and say, can, can we meet up this week? With the restrictions, you're allowed to meet up with one person for a walk. Text, text somebody, say, can I meet up with you for a walk this week? There's something I want to talk about. There's something under the floorboards, actually, that it, I, need to, I need to deal with this. And we would love to uh, stand and pray with you. If you're not part of the church, you'll know the Holy Spirit will put on your, um, on your mind somebody uh, that you can do this with and uh, you can see breakthrough too. Uh, but again, uh, if, you, if you want to get in touch with us, we would love to hear from you. So I'm just going to finish by praying for us now uh, and then hand back to Dom. Lord, I thank you that your breath is what gives us life. Lord, thank you that every moment is a gift from you. And Lord, thank you that you went through uh, death to be raised on the third day, that we might have confidence that you would do the same with us. That the direction of our lives could be completely turned around and we might be rescued, we might be restored and then we might have paths of righteousness to walk in again. We love you, Jesus, and we ask that you would, for every single person that's hearing this, that you would touch them and uh, you would uh, bring life and restoration and peace and wholeness. Thank you, God. Amen.